Hey guys, Adam here. Thank you so much for joining us on this very special episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands, the recording of our very first live episode. It happened on a beautiful Sunday afternoon at the Petersham Bowling Club in Sydney on March the 19th. If you happen to join us there, thank you so much for doing that. We were also joined by two very, very special guests on the day. One of which, our longtime friend, big fan of the show, and beautiful musician, Jack R. Riley. Thoroughly encourage you to go and check out his music. You can find that on Bandcamp. I know for a fact he is also on Spotify, and you can follow him on Twitter and Facebook as well. The other guest was Jen Fricker. In addition to being a regular host on a, shall we say, unnamed national youth broadcaster that may be quite pertinent to our podcast... She is also absolutely hilarious on Twitter, and of course you can find her there on Facebook, and just generally around the traps. This was the first live episode that we ever attempted. As such, we did have a few teething problems with the sound that does unfortunately come through on this recording. There's some peaking in places, and maybe it's not as clean as what you're used to. Of course, in editing, I've made every attempt to try and clean it up as much as I can, but it does remain there just a little bit, but... Stay with it, because there's a bit of an energy on this one that I don't think we really get from just us being in the studio. Anyway, hope you enjoy Hottest 100s and Thousands live. Oh, fuck yeah. It's lit, huh? I feel good when things are going wrong. I only listen to the sad, sad songs. We are Hottest 100s and Thousands, and we have taken control of... The Peterson Bowling Club, make some noise. This is the podcast in which we go through a list and we talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is David James Young. I'm one of the six voices that you are going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me once again, Adam Buncher. Yeah. Game face. I was behind there all along. The magic of theatre. Yeah, right. Mr. Andrew McDonald. <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell yeah! And Mr. Nathan Harrison. <laughs> he was there. <laughs> it happened. Okay, this is real. We're doing this. Uh, we are live at the Petersham Bowling Club uh, for our first ever live episode. Uh, there's about hundred and million yeah. people yeah. here. Yeah, I don't. Know. There's more people here Hundreds than Adele. I have no idea like yeah. how we manage that. Like it's Iron Maiden live in Rio. Yeah, exactly. It's, that looks exactly the same. Scream Actually, if you if you've seen the picture of the Trump inauguration, it's like three uh, times as yeah. many as that. <laughs> like Obama, Trump, us. us yeah, us, us. Yes. literally us yeah. right now. Yeah. Most expensive. Standard brain is this venue right <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs> we are going to make podcasting great again, and we're going to do it with the help of our good friend, Mr. Jack O'Reilly. Give it up. <laughs> Coming up, man. Coming up. All right. Uh, so today we are going through episode... Uh, fuck, what'll it be? Ten. 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 Yeah. Ten. We're halfway ten. there. Living on a prayer. That's exactly right. <laughs> And I used to work on the docks, so this all, you know, kind of works in beautifully. Uh, so did you, did, like, you didn't, though. <laughs> I, just, I just would like to think about you working on the docks for a bit. <laughs> At, like, Port Kembler or something. <laughs> the real some steel city. Containers. Yeah. I'm starting a war with Newcastle, <laughs> as usual. And we are starting uh, with the bald messiah himself, Mr. Billy Corgan. And we are going to the Smashing Pumpkins. This song is called Tonight, comma, Tonight. 
We'll all just sit here and listen to it. Yeah, no, no. yeah this is no the talking. podcast. No refunds. <laughs> <laughs> Ten bucks to get what you That's pay. Classic yeah. Smashing Pumpkins policy, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the second Billy starts, no refunds. That's is this the Billy first Corrigan time anyone's ever heard this song? Oh, yeah. That would be amazing. That would be, that would be so incredible. sorry for <laughs> <laughs> And it's just forever going to have our shit over the top of it. Like, they're never going to... It's like when you used to download, like, shitty MP3 versions of songs and that's, like, the only version that you remember. That, hey, that was the best thing in the world. I got yeah, right. Foo Fighters Monkey Wrench. I had... The, my MP3 was that, was him calling in Triple J and saying, hey, this is Dave from the Foo Fighters. <laughs> my, uh, so now you can't unhear it. Yeah. To the start of everything. I have a version of Hot In Here with Nelly saying, hey, this is Nelly uh, for uh, America Online. Nice. This is Hot nice. In Here. AOL, baby! That is not Woo. listening to the song. <laughs> Fuck, that is lit. I pretty much um, just faded the song. <laughs> yeah, let, um, do you have any Nelly we could bring? <laughs> no. Oh, sad that we never get to talk about Nelly. That is hottest 100 in Nelly's. Oh, oh. One day, one day. Literally the hottest. Hottest uh, in here. That is actually a good point. We should do a quick litmus test. Uh, who here has listened to this podcast? Make some noise. <laughs> who here has never listened to this podcast? It's okay, you're safe here We're going to take care of you We just talk really loudly about music from the 90s You'll be sick And it doesn't get much more fucking 90s than the Smashing Pumpkins, does it? Sweet baby Jesus Oh, we got some fans in? Yes, still? That's 2017 That is really cool Okay, who wants, to, who wants to kick this bad boy off? I reckon this guy This guy? This guy sitting next to me This yeah. guy guy <laughs> Oh, well, how, yeah, how do we lead in from Billy Corgan to Jack? It's just like, Jack, you're an egotistical prick. <laughs> I'm also balding. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I don't own a wrestling firm. That, I had to take that up to prove that I wasn't balding. Uh, yeah, good for the podcast, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got a good... During this scene, Jack took off his hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need closed captioning. Some sir titles. <laughs> <laughs> This song, what can I say? It's so cinematic. It's everything good. My, my introduction to the Smashing Pumpkins was in 1996, and it was surrounding the Hottest 100, where yeah. a family friend of uh, ours, shout out to Lisa and David Ford, uh, they're not listening to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I know if I make an appearance on this episode, my mum will post it on Facebook, and then they will no doubt see it in the long run. So Hi, Jack's mum. Hey, Wendy. What's up, Wendy? Hey, and Neil is my dad, but you didn't have to talk about it. My auntie's going to hear it too. There's a lot of people in the family. Anyway, the, um, uh, and it was, we were talking about what won this one, um, or maybe it was the one, the last one. I don't know. Did Bullet, did Bullet with Butterfly Wings make it into one of them? That was number two last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Season was, three. Season three. Downloadable now. It was someone saying that Dennis Leary shouldn't have won and that... <laughs> Uh, Smashing Pumpkins should have won. So that's and I, and I thought and that name stuck with me forever. Bullet with butterfly wings. I thought that was a really. Cool but you were going to say Dennis Leary stuck yeah, with Dennis you Leary, forever. Yeah. Oh, that also did as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I later saw them on the Batman Forever soundtrack for that song, and then. Oh sure. Yeah, but it wasn't until much later till I heard uh, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, um, and I heard this song, and it's one of those records where I could listen to three or four songs probably until the day I die, like uh, this one, that other really angry one, and Zero and stuff, and. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> but this song, it, I don't know, it's one of those things you just, uh, I think it's best enjoyed in headphones or on like really loud speakers and you just close your eyes and you're in a, yeah. another world. Just doing a lot of these ones, a lot of theatre hands. Yeah, it's a lot of theatre yeah. hands. Because, yeah, well, like every double album ever recorded, that album is too long, but the hits on it are so strong. And this is, we've numerous times, for people who have been listening, obviously 
it's fun, easy, and sensible to make fun of Billy Corgan. Um, <laughs> Let's all do it. <laughs> yeah, 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 the prick. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. but this, when, he, when they wrote great songs like this, this is so, like you said, cinematic's the word, obviously the film clip, referencing that trip to the moon early silent film helps solidify that. But like, the reason I like this is because it sounds a bit like a Cure song, I yeah. guess. Like oh, all, yeah. all the sweeping strings are very at home on like a Wish or Disintegration era Cure cut. And like, right. obviously Billy's voice is just just beautiful. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> just it's nasal. weird to say that about a man who just normally just goes... Yeah. Just a nasal man. Yeah, just, but just it works in this song. Constantly buzzing yeah. in the background. Yeah, I, I think like the like the chamber rock sonics and like, but even his nasal voice here really works with that kind of chamber rock yeah. sound of like context, the strings. Context is everything. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And like up up into and half, including this point, he, yeah. he the context of Smashing Pumpkins was brilliant. And yeah, it's amazing seeing this compared to other more guitar driven Smashing Pumpkins songs. Like yeah. yeah. Having said that, the guitar in this track is sick. Very understated, and you can hear it in headphones in the pan, left and right. Is yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, you fucking spared no expense. Spared no like, expense. Oh, and he had to get it right, too. Corgan was one of those dudes who'd wait until all the other people in the band left and then, like, record over their fucking parts. <laughs> yeah. That's a real thing. Look that up. One of the most magical assholes that has ever lived is Billy Corgan. <laughs> truly, truly, I tell you. I think it's cool as well to think about just how sort of overblown this song is in the context of 90s alt-rock very much yeah. being about pulling back and stripping everything away and, and sort of that disaffected response to grunge where it's like grunge is so big, we're going to just be pavement and we're going to kind of pull it back and just be a bit too cool. Whereas yeah, this yeah, is yeah. just like... Just slacking off, yeah. It's such a strong choice and like a series of strong yeah. choices. I think that's really cool that they did it. I think it's even cooler that people were up for that and responded well to it and voted for it and still love it now. I think that's really, really cool. Yeah. Well, I, I think if I may offer like a a reason as to looking into the song why that is the case. And I think it's all to do with the theme that's being played in this song in relation to time and especially in relation to Billy Corgan's own timeline. Mm. Um, I was interested to read about this song that it, Billy Corgan intended to write it as a kind of um, way to save himself in the past. Mm. He, he wrote this as kind of like a... Oh, stay with me. <laughs> stay with me. All right. So much for time never being time at all. Because he, he, had, he, had he had a really hard like, childhood and really hard time kind of growing up. Um, and yeah, so we're aware. We've heard it, the record. It, all right, yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> it would be fun to believe him. <laughs> <laughs> I see why people did. So, in this context, <laughs> you are Billy Corgan. <laughs> anyway, thank you. I still like you. Uh, I'm a fan, though. I don't care. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I don't care uh, what they say. I like you. All right, all right. So, uh, what, what he was trying... <laughs> thank you, man. I'm just saying. What he was, what he was trying to do is, is like, like, imaginatively write a song that would save himself when he was younger, right? Which I think is a pretty beautiful idea. And I think that's kind of why it's so much bigger, because alt-rock... Um, and grunge was very much a teenage-focused or early adult-focused thing. Mm. Whereas if you're writing from a, from a childlike point of view or for a childlike audience, as Billy Corgan was imagining himself to be for this track, you can get bigger and you can get brighter and you can do away with disillusionment a little bit more. And that's kind of what I hear. Like, that's why I think it is so sweeping and grandiose. <laughs> and <laughs> There's a stare-down happening for those listening at home. Are you suggesting, I agree. I are you suggesting and I'm, I'm willing to come on board, okay. that Smashing Pumpkins music is... For babies, <laughs> get him. No, but you're right in the sense, like it, it's written without irony. That's it. Yeah, that's like, it. 
saying like like we'll crucify the insincere tonight like no no it's actually good that whole run at the end yeah. is so heartfelt and and like so impassioned that like and with the run of the drums connected yeah. to the okay. to the run well, of the strings yeah. which Shouts is so Jimmy much Chamberlain. yeah Dude's he a fucking he ties beast. the rock and orchestral right? parts of this song together so well yeah which is needed i think in general in terms of when you're doing with an orchestral rock song yeah. i mean listen to the drums in say Kashmir, for example which uh, i think sure. is a good comparison point to mm. um you know by by led zeppelin uh to to this song and also you know like your elos and all that kind of stuff i think yeah. there's a long lineage of orchestral rock and this is just like a, a really great 90s version because I don't think as you as you pointed out because of trends there wasn't that many opportunities for the 90s to have their big orchestral rock song and so yeah. it's cool one for difference is that Kashmir is like one riff more than like this track is like yeah this I don't know it's kind of it's got, it, this track has a lot of depth though it's sort of the the guitars and the Vocal is so, uh, what's the word? Opposite to far away. <laughs> Close. <Neil>? Close. <laughs> I don't know. So there's, there's my a really good... Sesame Street. Near, <laughs> far, near, far. I'm thinking of near. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think uh, that that kind of puts the, a really interesting picture of my mind of baby Billy Corgan behind this giant marching band. <laughs> I think that would be tight. <laughs> Just, With a little outfit. With a little outfit and everything. I think that would be sick. But I think you're right because I don't think anyone... Everyone who is a teenager connects with the Smashing Pumpkins in some way. Oh, sure. And I think yeah, it's, yeah, I think yeah. it's, it's cool. It's like a rite of passions kind of deal. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that it's kind of cool to have, like, knowing that that will be the case, knowing that you're always going to be for babies. <laughs> to have the, <laughs> have the, like, well, I'm going to write a song from the perspective of a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe every song Billy writes is from the perspective of a baby. I just that would, would make it. sense. As look who's talking is every album. <laughs> oh my god, now. Billy Corgan is Bruce Willis. <laughs> I do. I do find. I don't know. I find a lot of the lyrics a bit trite, especially removed from his vocal performance. Which, and we've talked yeah. about this before on the podcast. There's a lot of emotional lyrics that, taken away from the song, look like a Hallmark card. Um, <laughs> yeah. We'll crucify the insincere, the indescribable moments of your life. Like I can't, I just can't. Nah, get on board. No, I can't. Gotta, gotta, it's yeah. it's I can't nice. Oh come on. It's come nice. On. I think I think if I had uh, gotten into the pumpkins in high school, there is a big, you know, a high school poetry journal oh, it's element to oh, this, and a lot of stuff. And that's and that's, yeah, that's uh, you know whatever. It is what it is. But I find it hard to get on board. Being an adult. Like, and yeah, yeah. Being a not baby. Being a not baby. <laughs> <laughs> Have we done yet? Yeah, fuck you, Billy. That's it. <laughs> Next you. song. Yeah. What's his wrestling thing? He owns TNA. Oh yeah, yeah. He was chairman. He currently, well, he was t- chairman of TNA, Total Nonstop Action Wrestling, and then sued his own company. <laughs> That's the kind of shit that Billy Corgan will do. He will fucking sue his own wrestling company. <laughs> You read that, it's just like, no, that's not the fucking onion. Of course Billy Corgan did that. <laughs> okay. I'd be disappointed if he wasn't suing his own wrestling company. He, he owns a tea shop in LA, I think, and he did like a six-hour ambient <laughs> right. set in the tea Fuck, shop. Of course I, 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 he did. I can't imagine the mindset of a person who's like, yeah, I really want to go to that. That's going to be really good. I'll, I'll, I'll oh, exchange yeah, labour to be at this venue. And didn't like, didn't like one of Tricks Point Never or something live tweet? <laughs> oh, so the thing. It was a great afternoon, yeah. <laughs> yeah one of Tricks would have been there just like, this is fucking hilarious. No, 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 and one of his tweets was just like in all caps, was like, he's making tea. He's literally yeah. making tea right now. As he's playing this music, he is making tea. Oh, Billy. My sweet Billy. Oh, no. The fine most... line between Avant-Garde and Billy Corgan. Right? Oh, God. 
Wow. Now, the one that I love is he came out to Australia in like 2005. He had that solo record, The Future Embrace, all one word because of course. Um, and he was doing this show and like he'd done a bunch of his stuff off this shitty fucking solo record that he'd done. And then everyone was getting restless like when the fuck are you going to stop playing the hits, dude? And everyone was just screaming out for like Butterfly Wings, 1979, even this one. And he, he fucking had a little tansy and he went, can't I live my life for today? And then threw down his guitar Oh, and no. fucking stormed off stage. He didn't play today after that? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, 18 months later, he fucking got the Smashing Pumpkins back together. So now, he, for the last 10 years, he's literally been living for today, the song. Yeah. As, as like a final note, though, like having having now thoroughly, thoroughly trashed doing <laughs> He's grandiose and he's self-indulgent and whatever. And I think like... Again, one of the most positive things to say, bringing it back to this song, is that this yeah. is one of the opportunities where he was all of those things, yeah. and it was to the benefit of the art that he was creating and not to the detriment. And I think that is reason to really celebrate this song. Yeah, no, no, he, he, he so often, like, his reach extends far beyond his grasp so yeah. often, but he, yeah. like, he just hit the right spot. Yeah. 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 Good track. Still a piece of shit, though. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move into our next number. We are going into number 54, and it is the Lemonheads with a song called If I Could Talk, comma, I'd Tell You. I'm very specific about my punctuation. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Jack. Oh, the Jack. Jack has nothing about the Lemonheads, so he has to yeah, leave. He'll be, he'll be back a bit later. Or will he? He will. Of course he will. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'll be fine. <laughs> nah. Nah. Dope. Sick. All right, shut up. <laughs> Typical Evan Dando is just pouring his heart out and no one gives a shit. <laughs> Um, so that was the Lemonheads at number 54 with the song If I Could Talk, I'd Tell You And if I could talk, I'd talk about this song, maybe But I'm going to give it to Nathan instead Me? Yeah, you can I'm, talk I have such he, a, can talk, he, I can talk, he can talk, he can talk, he can talk, he can talk I have such a crush Damn on it. I, I, I'm not going to do it, I'm sorry You had one job Whoa, the crowd is turned on us <laughs> Suddenly Save us, Dr. Zane Sorry <laughs> Do you want to try again? Is it too late? To, oh. It's probably too late. I'm no, sorry. No, fuck it. Let's do it. He could talk. He could talk. He could talk. He could talk. I can sing! Yeah. I have such a crush on this song. I've never heard this before until we prepared for this. Oh, for um, real? Yeah, I don't know. I guess a uh, show of noise. Anyone show know this song? Yeah, there we cool. go. So, sorry. We got, this, some, lem- we got some lemon head heads. Is this anyone's favorite song in like high school or anything? Yes. <laughs> That guy. Your mate. I love this song. So it's so pleasant. It's so like gorgeous and heartfelt and everything coming down to that you are far and away my most imaginary friend. It's yeah. just like... It's nice. It eh? just fills my heart. It's beautiful. It's I, real sick. Yeah. I love how the verses are structured with uh, uh, like three couplets or th- lines or whatever because that makes the chorus feel like it comes in really early. 
and then that jump mm. to the E chord and his vocals starting lower than the verse vocals just really add to the comfort and warmth of the song. Yeah. It's super comfy. It's just it's so low. Like I just tune. I feel yeah. like he's talking to me and I'm having a nice time. Mm. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the verse lyrics are I guess about taking drugs with someone. I wait, think, wait, 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 wait. Evan Dando took drugs? Yeah. A 90s <sighs> alt rock song about drugs. Like, it, so it does have the great lyric um, Khmer Rouge and Genocide Qua. Genocide Qua. <laughs> Gen- genocide Qua. Yeah. Yeah. Your place on mine come. <laughs> Which is almost a tism lyric. <laughs> <laughs> it would be good as a tism yeah. lyric. <laughs> Bingo! Yeah. Some of the lyrics aside, you know, whatever. But it's just so lovely. Big elephant in the room, though. Uh, we didn't get to listen to I'm it right just here. then. <laughs> the whistling chorus? Not, not good. No, I go in I for it. I go in, I go in for it. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah because... like the whistling until we were like, there's trash rolling around in the background. That's fucking sick. Well, it comes, in, it comes into my hot take. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, here we go. Watch, Watch out. This. Because I mean, like, because the whole song's about not really being okay, but being at that point of not being okay that you, you just, you found a way to function. Mm. And so it's just like you're continually walking around going like, I'm not okay, I'm not okay, but you're still doing everything that you would normally be doing. It's like you, you're, you're, in that, you're that kind of far gone. Like that's the impression I get. Like mm. especially with listing off the times in the, in the verses, you know, just like it's going through motions. And, you know, like um, if I could talk, I'd tell you. You know, it's like it's the, it, you've reached the point of inability because of the because of the damage or because of whatever yeah. it is that you happen to be going through. And so what I hear when I hear the whistling in the middle is just kind of like you're taking a trope of this really fun uh, thing that happens in music. You know, the whistle solo. It's almost right. like you're wearing your straw boater and you're <laughs> having a jaunty whistle down the street. You know, like the, that, that's but he can't do it. It's it's bad. <laughs> He's just <laughs> You know, you know, that's exactly it. It's like, I'm trying to do this happy thing and it's just coming out a bit wrong, yo. I just imagine it just like, it's it's all happening. He's just skipping down the road and shit. But then it just cuts to what he's actually doing. Yeah, he's like, just lying in the fucking corners. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> Put your lips together and blow. <laughs> I'm surprised there was that much thought about the whistling put in. Like I thought I know, it, right? it was inauspicious. Have you to met me? me? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, 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 it's you're spot on. Sleep over this whistling, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't even like really notice it. Oh, it like, it jarred it. me out. Yeah. Of the, I was like, I'm enjoying this so much, and then in comes old mate. <laughs> Like, Your what, mate. What's like? What is this? It's just that's a lovely reading, but I still don't think it should be in the song. Yeah, well, yeah. He, he shouldn't be unhappy. Like, I was yeah. being. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, think back to the, all the times you've been fucked up on drugs. What have you wanted to do? Whistle, Whistle surely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's there. It's there. In your raver days, think back. <laughs> yeah, sure. How much of those you can remember? Yeah, all the days. Whistling before. Nathan, they called me. Whistling. <laughs> At 3am Steamboat Nathan <laughs> 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 You know what I fucking go in for The fact that it's home key is D major Like through the verses And then the home key in the chorus is E It's so I good think just fucking, It just fucking It makes it even more uplifting It's like super like replacement-y Kind of It actually kind of Yeah mm. Reminds me a little bit like Of like UMI Like Kind of like early period oh, cool. Like UMI Yeah yeah, now, yeah, the, now but, you say it, it's yeah. just like, of course. But just, yeah, that kind of super sweet fucking like 12-string kind of Rickenbacker jangle and yeah, those kind of disaffected Evan Dando style, just like, I'm kind of here, but I'm kind of not because I've just been doing a fuck ton of heroin. I love this track. It's just super, super catchy. And like when I had the, like growing up, like I got the Hottest 100 <coughs> CD from a garage sale. 
fuck, I don't know what happened there. I'm dead to the world. Um, I'm on too much heroin, people. That is, that's what's going on. He's projecting. Yeah. <laughs> and injecting. But yeah, so this is why we said don't bring kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now they're too busy upstairs just beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. They, they appear to have all like. Yeah, just, there's a victor now yeah, because yeah. it's stopped. Yeah. Like there is one lone child. Just fall through at any given moment. Just a, just a We're gonna leave here and there'll be a new government installed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, but yeah, so I got the Hottest 100 CD in, like, at a garage sale growing up, and, like, I only knew, like, two Lemonhead songs at the time, and this kind of, like, got me into their wider kind of catalogue, and, like, I still think they're just fucking crucially, crucially underrated. Yeah, like, I'm, like, I didn't really know, I know them here and there, I don't know Evan Dando's solo work a bit, but, like, this oh, yeah. is, this is a delightful track, like, it's so, like, it's super comfy, like you said, but also, like, if I were like a more cynical person, um, whoa, um, whoa. I, 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 I might say it's a bit too easy because um, it's, it's pretty straightforward. But like, it's like like you're not a cynical were, person. No, so. um, no, no. The, we, we just want that on record. The UMI comparison is really good because like, it is they nail that exact same tone of just like comfy radio music. Like it's so mm. radio musicy and like yeah, this is delightful. They nail what they do so fucking well. They hit every note they're going for in terms of emotional impact. It's just it's just it's warm. I don't mind the whistling either. <laughs> what about the trash going on in the background? Just like that constant rotation. It's, called, it's pronounced whistling. <laughs> <laughs> notice I noticed the bass lines off chops. Oh yeah, the and that bass, like, super bass immediate like work. snare roll at the beginning, like the oh, it's, super, it's real tight. Yeah, it's a crisp it's... way to start a song. Yeah, fucking yeah. hey, I I'm happy that Lemonhead's got up this high. And obviously, Evan Dando has gotten plenty high in 1996, but uh, I reckon this is one of his top highs. I reckon. Do you know he was um he was voted as one of people's most beautiful people. You know what? I can see around that. around this and, time. And, and like, 90s Evan Dando was like hot as. Oh, Apparently, like, you and people magazine and agree. like gorgeous long hair and shit. Mm-hmm. Go watch the Mrs. Robinson video. It's like, oof, would have been way into that back in the day. I would have fucking hit it. Not now, like kind of be weird and like gross now, and you'd probably like fall asleep halfway through and shit like that. But you know, back in the day, I'd have fucking tapped that for sure. Gotten all up in there. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> Wait, oh thanks. It's, yeah, it's, no, it's, I appreciate the support. <laughs> We talk about heroin and butt fucking. Get over it. it all right, is that is that all we have? Oh, to say? You, you've you've said heroin and butt fucking, so I think we've closed off. Those are my yeah. two main points. Heroin and butt fucking. Yeah, yeah, we got one person into it. I'll see you after. Yeah, heroin and butt fucking. There we go. Thanks to our executive producer over there. All right, dope. All right. Thank you, Batman. <laughs> Thank you, Batman. It's always Batman. All right. Uh, at number 53, this is Björk with Hyper Ballad. Uh, 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 wait, wait. It's super, super quiet. And then. They can roll on the CD case in the radio, like long <laughs> intro. And the DJ knows to cue it up real yeah, early. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then just to bring it right back down. There we go. Fucking nice as that. They're editorialized. They can decide for themselves. <laughs> it's neither good nor bad. For fuck's sake. <laughs>
be fun to edit out. <laughs> I can't. That's just there. That's just the MP3 you downloaded, man. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. This mic's been off the entire time. Oh, my lord. Let's have a chorus. Yeah, there we go. Anyone got any, like, day glow? Anyone just fucking rave for this whole thing? Actually, anyone got any Ekkies? Just fucking yeah, hit me up. One of the kids hit the ground the second the sub bass kicked in. I was like, boom, fun. I'm like, fuck yeah. Oh, um, the, so kid, the kids hit the floor remix. <laughs> Let the kids hit the floor. Uh, so to uh, join us talking about this song, a uh, very, very dear friend of mine, please welcome Jen Fricker. Hey mate. Hey mate. Hey mate. Hey mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get down to get down to uh, fucking Andrew's level. Yeah. Hey mate. All right. <laughs> You're gonna have a deep voice. You gotta like put the vocal fry on. Hey mate. I think I, I think I'm gonna talk like Ariana Glass for the rest of this episode. <laughs> I think no, at that no, point please. I realized that <laughs> it's like a cousin of Corgan right now. <laughs> and I think at that point I realized that. Despite all my rage, I'm, I'm still just a rat in a cage. <laughs> okay. Thank you. How are you, Jen? I'm well. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, this is my first kind of experience with the pod. And yeah. uh, when you asked me to do it, and you're like, let's just chat about, like, a few songs from this time period. I'm like, yeah, cool. All good. And then, like, got in here, and you've all got full-page essays of, like, analysis. Like, I thought it'd just be I like... I can't read or write, so I didn't do any of that. <laughs> but I just thought it'd just be, like, me jumping out, being like, I got fingered to this song or some <laughs> shit like that. It is also that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did so it, because I was sick. How many? How many were we talking? Like, three? Four? <laughs> was it, like, one of those ones? It's the hottest 100 big. <laughs> we only have essays because we didn't get fingers to the song. Yeah. I'm so glad to be here lowering the tone of this wonderful yeah. analysis. Well, we've um, had heroin and butt fucking and now we have fingering. So, yeah. you know. I'm so excited. In for a penny, in for a pound, as they say. <laughs> Always in for a pound. Um, I'm so... <laughs> what? They don't I, fucking let you get away with this, a triple G. No. They do. Or whatever, just... whatever youth broadcaster. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, national youth broadcaster. Nondescript. To be fair, I said cunt twice on air last year. Nice. You? And I won an internal award for it. <laughs> Most cunts said on air. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who, you just who? Meant, like you gave yourself like an internal award. No, like, like at the Christmas party. <laughs> they had like a mega mix of all the fuck ups on air. And nice. I, I won. Second yeah, year in a row. Yeah, oh, very good. Bring it up Carry over the champ. Carry yeah. over champ. Can can I know a little bit more context about how you managed to to say yeah. that? It went to air, which is wild because we have like we're in ten you second delay, yeah. so we yeah, can yeah, yeah. easily dump it. But um, yeah, no, I was just telling a story, and it was like quite a sappy earnest story about like uh, commissioning. Well, it's actually in hindsight not that sappy. I commissioned a painting uh-huh. for my boyfriend. And um, his nickname is Goose, um, and I'm Moose, like which is gross. But hopefully not like from Top Gun. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't want it to be too like sappy, so I got my friend to draw like a massive throbbing dick on it. <laughs> like, so it's a really whimsical nice. drawing of a goose with like this massive, veiny dick. That, which, is, a, like, that is a sappy story. Yeah, <laughs> which like. 
for breakfast radio is a bit of like should have been flagged at some stage but then I was like because I thought that it would undercut the uh, (laughs) and like I thought everyone being professionals they'd just roll on through but instead they were like I just kind of was like I've got to walk out of here now (laughs) cut to the song (laughs) it's like a gem shaped hole in the wall yeah pretty much just me like Homer Simpson backing to the edge Um, and then the second time I just stumbled when I said all around the country (laughs) that's the story of how I said cunt on the radio thank you cool two time cunt champion Jeff Um, thank you for inviting me on your potto to talk about Björk. You're so welcome. Did anyone ever borrow CDs from the library? Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this was like a part of my high rotation library borrowing post by Björk. Yes. And I w- would have been about 10 or something. My mum would just drop me in the library and I'd sit there. I'd get this. I'd get melancholy. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 10 year old. Oh, yeah. When you're 10, you've got two and a half hours to spare. It's I know. Like, yeah. yeah. Bring it on. Bring I don't know if you know, it's music for babies. So I was like, <laughs> Yeah, target demo. But yeah, and this one, I I love Björk so much because there's always been so much discussion about her as a producer and as being and her agency over her own music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how much it's underestimated. But I think like this whole album, but specifically this song, is such a perfectly formed crystal of goodness. You know what I mean? I can see that. Yeah. It's just so it's like unique. Yeah, it's so unique. I think also she has this wonderful thing of like being like an ESL speaker. Um, I feel like they always have such an interesting way of phrasing lyrics and like not that they're on the same level, but Phoenix also has like a really interesting way that of phrasing yeah. Oh, yeah, lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, I do what I do when I feel in the words to make the rhyme because I yeah, don't yeah, know yeah, what yeah. it means. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like how ABBA like couldn't speak English, but they could sing English. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I kind of love that that itself is its own instrument within this song, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah totally. And in the instrumentation of it, like that really brutal industrial bass that like grounds everything, yeah. plus these like twinkly little like notes on top and the lyrics are so vulnerable and great, but mm. in her agency of being like this creator, she's like formed this like safe armour bubble thing around her. And I just, oh, I love it so much. And the video clip is like by Michelle Gondry, if you oh, haven't seen right. it. Yeah. And you it's did, her. Like, a bunch of her videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's her like being projected through this, ele- like basically through a computer hard drive. Yeah. Um, oh, and it's just, oh, I just love it so much. Yeah, how could I, you not? I could just. Oh, and that leaves a massive impression when you're like 10. Exactly. I hadn't seen anything like it. And it was like one of the first. Like, looking at the uh, cover of the album and it's her and it's with all those colours around her and stuff. Yeah. And it was the first time I ever saw, like, a woman, a female musician who wasn't sexualized in her imagery, like, straight off the bat. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, for me, seeing that as, like, a young girl and being like, oh, like... They haven't, like, shoved her tits up into the frame. Like, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just found it, like, really weird and cool and spooky and um, great, which is all the things I like. Yeah. Spooky. Spooky greatness. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned before, I was such a, like, I still am, I guess, such a chump regarding Björk because, like, I first yeah. first heard her with um, It's So So Quiet, that cover, <laughs> and, like, I just really don't get down with that tune at all. And then... That, that's what I thought Björk sounded like and now every time I hear Björk I'm like fuck this is so good who's this I've had countless people countless times and indeed myself like tell me I should get into Björk I know I'll really like it but I just haven't put the effort in and like I always knew, I knew this song like vaguely and I'm mm. going back to it I'm like holy shit it's, just, it's so fucking fantastic it's so like 
it's what she does so well, taking like it's all like the best experimental pop artists do is take the like the peripheral and like the outer perimeters of experimental music, like in this case Acid House, a kind of like KLF or early primal scream beat and mm. turn that into accessible, digestible music rather than just be experimental for the sake of it, which is like what experimental music does. And this is so, so gorgeous. Like, it's like, I didn't know how to articulate what it was about her vocal performance here because it isn't like it's, it's textbook beautiful, but like it's the, it's the phrasing of the things that you're right. Yeah. Like the, it's, uh, it's a absolutely excellent piece of music and it's just another nail in the coffin of my idiot opinion about Björk <laughs> like, <laughs> that I need to kill fix. It. Kill it, but, kill it with fire. But I thought it was like five years ago and so I haven't fixed it. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so looking forward together. to talking to you when you like Björk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like Same. talking to you now yeah. but I mean like, about Björk. Same, like, yeah. yeah. I get a text from Andrew every now and again, you know, usually about some hip hop band that I picked up. Being like, dude, I know I'm late to the party, but run the jewels. They're great texts. Always love getting them. And I'm looking forward to the one right. about Björk. Just, like, just, just listen to Homogenic, dude. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I'll just do it one day, even though I haven't heard it. Just, oh. just, just to brighten your afternoon. <laughs> yeah, cool. Just, yeah. <laughs> don't lie. No, don't disrupt the sanctity of the text, bro. Oh, no, no. Now that you've given it away, you're fucked. Like, you don't even know run the jewels, do you? <laughs> Never run a single jewel <laughs> there we go think? <laughs> just think of the fingering thing. position yeah. and you can <laughs> <laughs> run oh. them jewels fast <laughs> <laughs> oh what have I done to your show I'm oh, so sorry it was God. already talk about close your eyes bad. and count the fuck am I right <laughs> there we go <laughs> Nathan you've been fingered <laughs> this is such a beautiful song <laughs> I, but I, I just want to talk as well, I think, about the the content of the song, of the lyrics. Like, yeah. like her vocal performance is incredible, but also just the poetry of what she's writing. We talked about mm. the pumpkins and, and the way Billy writes songs. This language is so simple, but it's so evocative. Yeah, yeah. It's so rich. There's so much in it. She gets away with so much with so little words. And just that idea of needing that solitude and that ritual of like loneliness and destruction of throwing things off a cliff and imagining mm. yourself being thrown off the cliff so that you can feel okay in a relationship and and not i think my reading is that the relationship isn't bad it's just what you need as a person to be with someone yeah Björk's kind of said that she imagines um you've been with someone for around about three years and in her words nature isn't helping you anymore which i think is just a wonderful yeah. Way, I mean, maybe even that, that, in, in, that um, English is second language thing as well. You know, it's like finding the exact right words out of not having the words. She's got itself. such like an like it's economic use of language. Oh. Just that line, um, I go all, I go through all this before you wake up, yeah. which I like. It's so real to me. Uh, there's like a funny way of me saying that, and like the funny way is that like when I was having a really shit time at. Melbourne Comedy Festival in 2014. I used to like go throw pies off the Prince's Bridge. Because I was like, like yeah, yeah, I'd go buy a pie from Pie Face and throw it into the river, and I'd be like, fuck like this town, bucks. man. <laughs> <laughs> fuck this. But it was like that self. At least go to 7 Eleven, like, fuck. I know, but like, I think it was like how it expensive, expensive the pie. pie. Yeah. 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 It was like this, like, I need to feel this, like, self destructive part of me. 
and do this really fucked weird thing that no one will see me do except when I tell a room full of strangers. <laughs> why, did, why does throwing pies sound like something a Bjork video would actually have? Well, yeah, and then and then I'd go back home and then I'd wake up the next day and I'd be like, I'm going to start this again and like keep going through this horrible fucking town and just, festival. That, that's such a wholesome, safe, self-destructive. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like... But like, uh, like yeah, I mean, no, normally I'd just be doing heroin. Yeah, pies. It's great. Um, but just like that idea that um, there's like always like a restlessness around that point, that three-year yeah. point in a relationship where you're mm. like, this is great, so I'm going to try and fuck it up somehow, yeah. <laughs> um, which I really love. And it's <laughs> like, and it's expressed so like so minimally. She's so great that way. I, yeah. I remember listening to this song like for the first time and like not really on the first listen having any idea about what it was about, like not, uh. not getting it really. And then that kind of just bred a really wonderful curiosity which I think is one of the strongest times I've ever had that with a song like this was like I I'm hearing what you're saying I'm perfectly understanding what you're saying in this song Mm. but there are so many other questions that I have about this situation and about what's going on in the world that you've created which is a huge thing in in itself I want to know about the relationship I want to know about you as a person that you want to do this you want to take all the cutlery from the house and <laughs> throw it off a cliff for your partner. With the pies. For your partner wakes up and is just like, Bjork, honey, where's the spoons? <laughs> just where are just they? Just bending them in the Trying to eat some nutri grain and I there are no more spoons in the house. spoons off the cliff. <laughs> I imagined I was the spoon. Bjork, babe, please, just stop throwing the cutlery away. I have served us some cereal. <laughs> Oh my god, Bjork has actually joined us. <laughs> I um, had this character I really wanted to do for ages called yeah. Bejoke. <laughs> <laughs> it was the fucking, fucking worst. Lit. It was the worst. Is it just Bjork doing stand up? Yeah, but Fuck. just like, welcome to my show. Thank you for joining me on the tip of this wolf's antler. <laughs> Does anybody think Facebook is weird? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm booking that for Mick of 2018. That that's so on. You just gave it a dry run here. I think response was pretty good. Is <laughs> um, any if any bookers? Yeah. <laughs> in the audience, book it. I used to do a, another character called Lady Ha Ha, the Lady Gaga of comedy, <laughs> and it was like I wore a cape, a glittering cape that I'd sewn like hundreds of eyes on. And I'd be like, you know when you're on your way to work and you're on your Velociraptor, but you, the bones are made of gold. So it's like, ugh, <laughs> as if traffic wasn't bad already. And then I just, I'd drink my beer with a straw and blow bubbles in it. And that was the whole character. Some people, yeah, some people have shower <laughs> thoughts. You just have pie throwing thoughts. It's just yeah. like, hmm, lady do they, do they sink and how fast? Yeah, actually they sank. Well, they floated mm. a little. Mm. It was also based on my hatred of Melbourne for a really long time and oh, now I like it. Very symbolic. Yeah, yeah, but I had this really stubborn like Sydney, like Sydney pride and I'd come to Melbourne I'd be like, fuck you cunts, I'll show you how comedy's done. But <laughs> <laughs> joke, motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> And now I'm like genuinely considering moving there because this town's dead. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> man, no. if the old man government let me throw pies off the Sydney Harbour Bridge. <laughs> Bjork would be so proud of this. It's just <laughs> fucking derailed into fingering and pies. Just mm. 
she's looking down from the heavens. <laughs> she's not dead. She, that's just where she lives. No, she's just, yeah, yeah, she's living. <laughs> that's her home. She's a real life angel. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it. Jed, thank you so much. Hey, no worries. Thank Thanks, you. guys. Yeah. Jen will be back very, very soon. Uh, but uh, we're going to get Jack back up here and we are all going to shave goatees into our face and we're going to be talking about Metallica in the fucking 90s. Oh my, yeah, oh, you heard that. Yeah, one fucker's leaving the room. He's like, I'm out. Oh, I'm so done. Yeah, there it is. It's Metallica number 52. This song is called Until It Sleeps. Yeah, we got another bail. Fuck. This room's just I gonna be fucking empty by the time, yeah. Metallica. Anyway, Metallica. Where did everybody go? No Jason Newstead fans in the room. Not a one. Not a one. <laughs> yeah! I knew, I knew it would get to this. I didn't think it would quite progress to the year here so quickly, but I should have known. I am the table. Uh, welcome back. This is number 52 in the 1996 Hottest 100. The song is Until It Sleeps. The band is Metallica. It's fucking weird to think about, like, you know, like, people older than us, they had, like, 80s Metallica to, like, grow up on, like, obsess over, you know, the kind of just, like, yeah, the first five records are fucking sick. Everything after Black is bullshit. And it's just, like, we were born after Black kind of happened. Or we were, like, fucking, like, shitting our pants when Black was a thing. So, like... This is like the Metall- the Metallica that we were alive for, that we kind of grew up on, for lack of a better term. When I was eight, Fuel was like one of the most popular songs in the country. That's a weird fucking thought. It's just like, yeah, old school Metallica, man. Fuel, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> they were so canonized by this point. They're just like, yeah. oh, obviously Metallica was going to be good. Like, yeah, we had that assumption. <laughs> and, and then we get there and just like, oh, no, they are not. For those who are not infinitely uh, familiar with Metallica, 80s thrash metal. They were the dudes. Um, they were one of the most uh, influential bands of that genre, which is one of the most influential genres of metal at that period in time. They released some albums that are still regarded as the greatest metal albums of all time, being Ride the yeah, Lightning, yeah. Uh, Kill Em All, Master of Puppets. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I like Injustice for All as well. I, I think it's an underrated um, no. part of it. Nothing about Metallica is <laughs> underrated. <laughs> Within the Metallica community. You're not going to say that. All right. The extended Metallica the extended Which, Metallica. for a bit of background, um, I was a metalhead in high school. I, I yeah. Metallica rules! And, and Metallica were and a... And rules! You can be saved, like him. This isn't a spirit healing. All right? this is not, that's not what we did the live episode. You could have bring all these people here to tell you that we love you. Get like, hold me against the wall. It's an intervention for... So, so that, that's kind of where I came from. That's where, where my kind of knowledge was. But again, like, I came into Metallica when Metallica had gone through this phase as well. But yeah, this, was yeah. a, this was a period of reinvention for the band. Um, most notably, they cut their beautiful hair. They had, they had these long, you know, like thrash metal circle. As, yeah. Thank you, Dave. I was... <laughs> And this is at a period where they where they kind of cleaned up. Um, this and is a they... before and after shot, basically. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Yeah. 
you know, this came with the release of uh, an album called Load, which this song, Until It Sleeps, was the, was the kind of lead single on. Fun fact, um, for, for, the guy, for those of us doing the podcast... The is it, di- it going to be fun, though? <laughs> Pretty fun, Nathan. Fact. Pretty fun. I'm starting to think that the podcast is only fun for the people doing the podcast. <laughs> this, the, an early demo of uh, this song was entitled F-O-B-D, which stood for Fell on Black Days, the Soundgarden song that we previously talked about because it was also in a 6-8 time signature. And that was just kind of like it reminded them of that song when they were writing it. And so that's, uh, you know, a bit of an in for for those of you who already talked about about that song. Okay, so... Fun times. So we're at a period where people are either continuing on with Metallica or they're just going like, you guys have changed, you've sold out, you're, yep. you're the reason that metal is dying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You, like, this guy's everything that's wrong with heavy metal. <laughs> and, and just turning away in droves. But obviously not enough of the community that listened to Triple J at this time because it got in you know, at a fairly respectable position. And this is the yeah. second entry from this album to get in. You're right, Adam, not enough of the community. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it signifies what Metallica sort of became... Like canonized is the right word because after mm. black people would just go in regardless like whether yeah. it was good yeah. or bad or indifferent like and every single show that they've ever played is sold out like yeah, after well, black yeah. well, so I mean, they yeah, did they... sell out man so stop talking shit about <laughs> my favourite era of Metallica hey, I, I'm, just, I'm just representing what's around at the time what I think is interesting is that like this trend uh, is is kind of been repeated recently with Parkway Drive in terms of the Triple J community. <laughs> a band who's just gotten so fucking it's, shit. Did you go to the All Ages Assault tour? Uh, no, I was too busy home killing myself. Wow. <laughs> I saw Parkway at that at that um, tour and I killed myself at the show, which is yeah, much nice. more fun. But, um, <laughs> first time I saw Parkway Drive was in Newcastle and the Dead Walk and Her Nightmare supported. Fuck. And it was fucking sick. Whoa. And um, it was when the it was the EP tour. Yeah. And um, Newcastle is where I've got a couple of friends of mine, and they were actually my entry into Metallica as well. Look, you brought that around beautifully. Yeah, thank you. Hey, hey. It was like a triple reverse park, man. Like, I don't know. You you try to drive in real life, it's not that fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like sweating. (laughs) So, Uh, but, uh, can I? No, you can. You're a podcast, it's cool. Your special guest, Jack R. Riley. Oh yeah, um, I did say some nice things about you before. I just said, yeah. <laughs> Whoa! I didn't uh, realize we were keeping score. Oh well. Yeah. Wow. I was the older brother of my family friends in Newcastle caught Jason Newstead's pick. Oh. And then went on to buy the video Cunning Stunts, and we watched that religiously. So this is like um, the this era, maybe a little bit after, maybe the Reload era, right. and that album mm. that came after that, Garage Inc. was. At the time, one of my favorite records ever. So yeah, right. My, my old high school band that I talked about used to cover Tuesday's Gone, the Metallica version, not the Skinner version. <laughs> so I've got an affinity with it. That version of Whiskey in the Jar. We did oh, Whiskey man. in the Jar as well. <laughs> we that is Stone Cold, the worst cover of all time. <laughs> Metallica's Whiskey in the Jar is so bad. I'm sure Lacerations was much better. Talking about this song in particular, I, th- I think, and talking about the songs that come from Load at this time in particular. So the main thing that changed is that instead of like it being thrash guitar and therefore James Hetfield could kind of just bark lyrics and it would sound absolutely fine and be perfectly what the song needed. <laughs> Dude's singing now mm. and he's got himself what he's, he's got himself a style. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it kind of just drags the whole thing into this Hetfield singularity where it's 
nothing can escape the pull of that, that vocal. It's all I hear. All I can hear is his, the way that he sings. And I enjoy it as much as I find it just ridiculous. <laughs> and, and I just, and it, I can't listen to the song properly and I can't yeah. engage with the song in any other way than just the ridiculousness of what Hetfield is doing. I like to think that after, no he, escapes. after he laid down that track, the rest of the band was like, so that's, that's how you're, you're going to sing the song like that. Okay. okay. Right, sure. All right. That's. I look at the way the song's written and, and the way it's composed and whatever, and I go like, I suppose this is good, but that's a guess because there's there's no way to know because all you get is meh. Like that's that's it. The song itself, the themes behind it is kind of beautiful. Um, it it's written about Hetfield's uh, mother's ultimately unsuccessful battle with cancer. The idea of the opening line, where do I take this this pain of mine? I run, but it stays right by my side. It's kind of dealing with this body horror thing of, of disease, like of being trapped by something and being unable to escape. And Hetfield, I think, in writing the song, was trying to give that relief that she couldn't find or or maybe relieve the pain that he felt about the situation himself as well in doing that. Looking at that, I think that idea of, of, of body horror I think is really essential to what Metallica do and what happens in metal as a whole as well. It's a, that's a big thing. Like A lot of Metallica's songs and a lot of songs in, in metal is about being the subject of discomfort um, whether it be through disease um, or in a, another famous Metallica song, One, you know, being dismembered by war or whatever, but even like and being trapped in your body in that way mm, mm. Um, or even like just being, uh, you know... Tra- <laughs> being trapped in a metal band. Yeah! yeah! Or, or like, you know... Oh, yeah! I got those out of the fucking wazoo. They also, they also write a lot of songs, you know, about about you know conscription in the military and stuff like that. You know, being held against forces that are out of your control, and therefore the heaviness of the music is is kind of like sublimating, the, you know, the fear of that to some extent. You align yourself with that music, with with that heaviness, with that power, and that makes the idea itself less threatening. Mm. Or you know what I mean? Like it's it's that kind of idea of it's of cathartic, cathartic, right? Like, cathartic, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, and and metal as a whole does that a lot, I think. So like it's still a metal song, and it follows that ethos, um, albeit coming from a from a personal way. So there's you yeah. know like there's some cool stuff going on there, but but again, <laughs> meh. Like, like I think you'll find it's pronounced meh. <laughs> Conceptually, I get that's what metal does really well. And like the few yeah. metal bands that I really do like do that very well as well. But like this song in particular, it's just like such a like chugga chug, chugga chug, macho posturing dude rock. That like I just can't get past that and enjoy the I think you the would have described sentiment. it as cock in hand. Cock in hand rock. Yeah. 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 I, I had no idea about the context of his mother. No, like, neither did I. Yeah. yeah. And like that, obviously that, that, that sucks. And then like this song, Had You Not Suffered Enough? Am I right? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but like nothing about this sounds like why Metallica are revered or loved. No, and nothing about this sounds like why. Like I, I don't know who. The, like apart from diehard Metallica fans, I can't see anybody here who's been like, "Oh my god, I gotta check this band out. How good is this song? I want to hear more of this." Like I, I understand the, and I, I agree with you entirely that that's what metal and I guess heavy music in general, like yeah. noise rock, noise as well, that offers that catharsis of like the body. Yep. But this, I don't feel get that feeling at all. This is just so middle of the road like 
macho mm. bullshit. It's rock. definitely a conceptual line that I'm drawing as opposed to like a, a musical or, or, or in terms of it even affecting you in that way. Yeah. Something that I think the song really has going for it though, Adam, if you could maybe hum for uh, me the, the verse guitar melody that plays after the vocal bit. You know what bit I'm talking about? Because it's salt and pepper. Yeah, yeah! It's push it. Yeah, so this song is great. I think this is the most innovative salt and pepper cover I've ever heard. Yeah! That's most of what I have to say about this song. I think, um... That's, that's pretty much my notes. Also, though, just as a, as a piece of trivia, because uh-huh. Metallica are very passionate about music piracy... This track was the first officially pirated MP3 in August what? 1996. Nice. Uh, yes! Worth the fucking 12-hour wait just sitting there fighting for that fucking 3.6 yeah. megabyte. Via IRC, they were, that was the first yeah. track, that the, the first MP3 that was pirated online. That's the reason that Metallica are the bastions of information sharing in a post-scarcity world. To some people, they are, there is nothing better than them. And to some people, they are a joke. To some people, they are really, really bad. Yeah, they just exist in so many ways that it's just... I think it's really hard to critique them and really hard to actually... It's really... I think it's really... The only criticism you can give is that it's like really hilariously bad. <laughs> or that it's the best thing in the world to you. Yeah. Diehard Metallica fans have got like... Well, that's what it is. Like, I don't know. I like whiskey in the jar. Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Get the fuck out. I will. Okay. You're fired. We're gonna replace you with fucking. This Bob is actually Rock. the longest I've ever had a job for. <laughs> <laughs> Are you alright, man? Oh well. Well. <laughs> we'll see. I'm sure you'll land on your feet. <laughs> hey, maybe one day you might get to play bass for Metallica. Who knows? Okay. I've been here too long. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Riley, Metallica. All right, we got one last song to talk about, and it is. Our dear friends in garbage. And this song is. It is! Thanks, Shirley. Fuck. Yeah, baby. Garbage at number 51 with Only Happy When It Rains. Jen Frecker, everyone, come on back yeah. up. Yeah! Your mate. Jen, how good at garbage? So good. Uh, it's so good. Are we being sarcastic? No, I, no, love I, I like that. No. No. He just sounds like that. Right, right, right. He's programmed that way. <laughs> it's like how I always sound excited even though it's probably shit what we're talking about. Oh, fuck, yeah, yeah! And he's just like, yeah, no, it's really good. No, 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 I love it. It's just great. That's just him. great. Um, <laughs> so, Shirley Manson, Dream Babe... 
idol. Still. Iconic. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. And another woman that, um, like, I, you guys have such, like, beautiful, dispassionate analyses on all these songs. But, like, for me, it's no, just, I like, do not. for me, it's also, like, I wanted to be her. Which, I want to be her. My yeah. God, have you seen her? Oh, she's amazing. Oof. But also another, like, another woman who is very influential in my idea of women. Like, sure. developing yeah, yeah. an oh, idea totally of women. This song, like, owning being fucking depressed, which she has, like, a lot of songs about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, like, maybe the first one I came across, but, again, being, like, 10 or 12 at the time. Um, and just this idea of, like, leaning into the darkness but having such a fucking swagger and, like, fuck you attitude about it. But then the production, I guess, is so clear and yeah, polished yeah, yeah. Um, because of old mate. What's his name? Butch Vig. Yeah. Butch Vig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Butch Vig, like... Mr. Nettleman. Your mate, you know. So it's just, like, this thing of, like, such, like, darkness and swagger that could easily go into self-indulgence but then is pulled back into this tasty radio riffage, mm. which is really, really... Nice. And yeah. I think just um, sowed the seeds of like why garbage are so great. Totally. Which is because they just fucking are. Because sh- it's all Shirley Manson and Butch Fig. Yeah. The, um, know, <laughs> tiding it up. Fuck the other guys. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, fuck face and dick face. <laughs> B1 and B2. Yeah, exactly. That means like the embracing the darkness kind of lyrics kind of thing. They were like, I, I was reading, she was like, they were written kind of in a, like a kind of self parodying way apparently. Mm. Like she like, him like, in the same way that I guess like like the birthday parties release the bats, like it's making fun of what it is, but also just embrace like leaning into the like the irony of making yeah. fun of is yourself. Is that a Nick Cave reference? Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got it. We yeah. got it. If you're gonna have a, like a chorus like pour your, pour your misery down on me, you mm. got you got to like just embrace that for what it is. As, yeah. you know yeah. it's cheesy, but like yeah, for sure when you're in a bad mood, yeah, fucking a, pour your misery down on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is her. She just has so much fucking rock swagger with everything mm. she does. It's like she can carry her way through, even like their lesser songs. Like she still carries it as being like a bad. Badass tune because yeah. she's so badass. Mm. Yeah, you forget how many fucking bangers this record has until you just listen to it back to back. You're just like practically half the album is just like radio hits. You know, yeah, like, it's all so radio. It's friendly. just a conglomerate of just like which I love. Brilliant songs. Yeah. I love that it is so radio friendly because I think it is that thing as well. Like they know, like they know oh, yeah. how like like digestible it is. They're all like, songwriters is. and shit. They knew exactly what. They yeah, were doing. yeah, and they knew how. Then they lent into that irony as well. Yeah. But then that's exactly why it was so radio friendly. And it becomes like very subversive in that way, I think. Sure. It's yeah. great seeing like in the like the grunge scene after Kurt's death, seeing bands what they're gonna do and explore grunge like outside of its constraints. Like mm. we've, we've talked about them incorporating like various bands going more metal or more blues rock and like yeah. these guys going, I guess, a little poppy and like some electronic elements to it as well. Like, it's just like it's just a d- delight seeing it work and all come together so fantastically. Also, uh, an unsourced sentence on wikipedia tells me <laughs> citation needed <laughs> tells me that uh it was a conscious reference to the jizz and Merotain song happy when it rains and manson's oh. own scottish psyche which does my heart wonders because then i got to listen to jizz and the mary chain after this you got to <laughs> i got to yeah, i got I to. treated myself <laughs> finally got given the chance but i think there's a real kind of um smith's morrissey kind yeah. of vibe to the lyrics as well like it's like what we've been talking about she's but she's bringing this 90s sense of irony and it's just that swagger yeah. My like my first real memory of garbage is the video for Cherry Lips, which is a few years after that. Go baby, but, go go. Yeah, Good but shit. right from that video and, and then going back and listening to everything else, I think one of the defining things about garbage 
is that they let you know that they know that they are fully in control of their own image and how they're represented in the music. Yeah. I think that comes through the production in this as well and just in Shirley's, in her character in how she delivers the song and it's amazing. I mean, the band's name is Garbage. Like, it's such an iron, like, 90s irony, like, Yeah, yeah, totally. Daria Core. (laughs) It is Daria Core. It's a good genre. (laughs) Also, we've seen so many bands, you're talking about in the wake of grunge, kind of uh, take the sound and then co-opt it in a pop sense and have it have diminishing returns for both pop and grunge. Whereas this, I think, is it elevates both forms because it's just so tight. It's just so good. Yeah. Um... And you know, like guitar tone right from the start. It's just like it's big. It's massive. Oh, they dial it's it just, in it's fucking big, it's big, it's big fuzz. And then like to to bust out that reversed solo so quickly into yeah. the track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you kind of get that out of the way. And once you've done that, it's like, well, cool. The track you can do anything from net from then on. And they do. They take it so many different places. The arrangement changes a hell of a lot throughout the course of the song, like way more than you'd expect like a three minute pop song to go. Like they just, they go, they go for it. They milk oh, yeah. every idea. They go baby, go, go. They that's, go, baby, that's, go, go. That's what they do. Yeah. It's, it, it's in a sense, it's one of these songs that, and we've encountered these a couple of times where it's just so, it's so present and it's so there and it's kind of so obviously great mm. that it's hard to kind of talk about. Because what do you say? It's all self-evident. You listen to the song and it's just like, this is great for... Because you're hearing why it's great. Does like, anyone here not like this song? Like in the audience? Is anyone like, I don't give a fuck about garbage yeah, for this not. song? Has anyone it never is. heard this song? That's that's the... Yeah, no. All right, yeah, cool. We're all on board. Silence all is golden. Board. Well, yeah, because <laughs> I think it's also the start of... Well, and I'm sure someone can correct me on this, but I feel like it's the <laughs> well, start... Well, actually. Well, actually. Um, but I really feel like it's the start of... The alternative bleeding into mainstream taste. Like now in 2017, we're seeing like Taylor Swift and St. Vincent standing next to each other on stage. Like that's, yeah. I feel like, the end point of it, or <laughs> not the end point, but that you know what I mean? That's my dream. Like, welcome to the stage right well, there. Yeah, that's like, huge. That's just my dream. Just. <laughs> No stage necessary. <laughs> but like, you know, taking that that guts and that sound behind Nevermind and and turning it into this kind of personality-led music, Shirley Manson, and like now we're seeing it, a discussion that we're currently having is um, the new Lord record. So Oh, yeah, um, that's going to be sick. Yeah, but it's also like, well, she's working with Jack Antonov and he works with Taylor Swift, so is it pop or is it this? And it's like... Um, this is Lord gonna make pop music? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> but then it's also like her take on pop is not pop, and then it's very like Bowie inspired, and I feel like this and was Bowie maybe was pop too. Like, yeah, fuck. yeah, but it's like that thing. Like, if you're a, a, a critic or like a serious music consumer, and you mm. find somebody that's kind of independent, you feel protective of them. Yeah, because so often you, you've seen the story of it going badly, mm. and like. Like I, I'll every opportunity I get to mention this, like the weekend's first EP like, or first mixtape is fucking perfect, mm. and perfect. one day weekend sucks. He's <laughs> just no. not what like he was. What he was, he, yeah. he's just, he just doesn't do that anymore. And are you the same person with... you were when you were fucking twenty? <laughs> <laughs> yes, probably. Yeah. Probably yeah, yeah. yeah. But I also think like a lot of the discussion around garbage was that kind of thing of like, well, they're like. It's kind of so... Oh, like, that was, like, manufactured. And yeah, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I also think it's because it's music that largely appealed to young women and yeah, girls. 100%. And so whenever that comes up, it's always this question of authenticity and what and yeah. whether or not it's real music and it's real rock and where does it belong and that kind of thing. Whereas, like, there's so many, like, pub, rocky, blokey bands at the moment who do who lean into this fucking, like, shithead 
um, <laughs> image and because they go, oh, we're doing it ironically. Like, we know we're being shitheads. Yeah. People are like, yeah! <laughs> it's like, do you? Yeah! <laughs> and it's just like, like Garbage knew that they were being radio-friendly and they knew, yeah. they knew they that they were controlling yeah. their image, but then it's like this question of, like, well, you know, like, oh, later on they get a bit more poppy and then other radio stations <gasps> pick them up and blah, 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 blah. And it's also like Bjork suffered from a similar thing as well to bring it back to her, you know, just, just like, oh, she's so weird. Mm. She's just must she's be so putting, weird. She yeah. must be putting on how weird she is. Yeah. She's just kind of like, maybe she is, act. maybe she isn't. Like, it's a bit like... It's an inside job. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I, like, yeah. I, I gotta say, I, I, I was that guy about Bjorke. Okay? Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I hate that. It's like, that's why like, I resisted so long. Like, it felt like a manufactured thing. But it's also sick that, like, they're so great. They, like, they won. Like, they ran oh, that yeah. game and they won it. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Con- yeah. co- you know, and, and, and as you're saying, like context now is proving them to be even more and more correct. As, and as time mm. goes on and, and tastes kind of progress in that direction, it's it's only looking back on examples like this and going like, yeah, cool, you were in the right. Yeah. Which is sick. Mm. Fucking A, Garbage. <laughs> that brings us to the end of Hottest 100s and Thousands for another Woo! week and for our first ever live episode. Thank you all oh so much. Thank you. Oh, Jack, get up here. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, bef- uh, as always, we are going to pick our favourite songs and our least favourite songs from the five songs that we have discussed this week. Jack, what was your favourite song? Um, I Don't say Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> Please say Metallica. Um, I think my favourite was uh, Garbage, probably. It was my favourite. Yeah? Yeah. Least favourite? Yeah, this is the hard one now. Well, um, for some of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like... I guess it was Metallica, I guess. <laughs> I'm sorry. I you win. Um, yeah, Metallica probably for least favourite. And favourite, I'm going to go with Bjork. Snap, same. Hey. Snap, same. Boom. Um, snap, same, but also because I don't feel anything about Metallica either way. What, at all? <laughs> like, I'm just like, that's eh, fine. <laughs> you know? I listened to the Song Exploder episode on the... Oh, yeah, song. that was sick with uh, Moth in the Flame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, that was the first time I'd ever thought about them for longer than 10 minutes. And I was like, <laughs> okay. okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> snap, same. Yeah. Oh. Dope. Yeah. Man, I fucking ruled this I'm, shit. I'm sure it will work to just ask for the everyone here to yell out Together. Oh yeah, yeah. So everyone, your favorite? Yeah. <laughs> and your least favorite? <laughs> I think we got that. I think we got that. Thank you, Jack, and thank you, Jen. Thank you guys so much for being here. Yeah. Awesome. Really, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming out and making all of this possible. Uh, on behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison. Thank you so much. Mr. Andrew McDonald. Thank you. And Mr. Adam Buncher. Thank you. Thank you so much. Everything is good for you. Thank you again so much for coming.